0: Good morning, Redemption.
1: I want you to imagine, if you will, one room in your home, your apartment, wherever you may live, and one room that could be renewed, remodeled, renovated at no cost to yourself. Uh, which room would it be? Maybe the living room or the dining room, it's the bedroom or the garage, maybe turn into a studio. And if money was no object, Slay your imagination run, like, what, what would you hope to see? What colors, paint colors be used? What new furnishings or furniture would be there? What kind of style of decor would you aim for? Would you believe that I could come over to your house and I could actually uh, do that renovation for you and remove all, all, all the, the clutter of the different things and renovate and transform and restore it and make it new, make it whole? Would you believe that? Well, I can't, so sorry. <laughs> it's probably good if you can't, because, yeah. But here's the reality, is that you and I, we love renewal. We love images, scenes, stories of renewal. I think this is one of the reasons that so many people watch HGTV and, like, best-selling shows, you know, best-selling, what are best-viewed, most-viewed shows, like Chip and Joanna Gaines and a uh, new show, Hometown, and things like these, these. these rise to the top of the ranks because we're fascinated with stories of renewal. We love seeing a home that's kind of in shambles and it's disheveled and it's fallen apart and seeing people come in with some love and care and paint and nails and and just bring transformation and renovation and renewal to this place where really uh, where a family is intended to uh, to live and to have community and presence together and uh, with our most intimate loved ones and friends and sharing life together. We love seeing that. We love seeing renewal. well. I'm talking about renewal today because today we are going to be looking at Jesus and how Jesus is renewal. Jesus is renewal. We are in John chapter 12. So if you have a Bible there and you want to turn to John chapter 12, you can pull it up on your phone if you want. If you need a Bible, we've got some, some Bibles uh, back by the sound booth there. Um, we'd love to give you one. If you don't have one, feel free to take it home for free. Uh, but we're going to be looking today at how Jesus has come to bring renewal. Jesus has come not to condemn the world and tear it down, but to save the world and build it back up, to renovate and restore and make all things new. And yet we're also going to see how there are some who resist this renewal, some who don't want this renewal because they are hardened against God and they're afraid of what it will cost. And yet for us as a church community here, Redemption Tempe, we want to be a church that contends for renewal, that seeks renewal, ultimately because we're seeking Jesus himself who is renewal. The title for the message today is Jesus is Renewal. Let's jump in. John chapter 12, verse 37. We read, though Jesus had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. What we see here is Jesus has come to bring renewal, and yet some are resisting renewal. Jesus has come to bring renewal, and yet some are resisting renewal. John opens here saying that uh, Jesus had done so many signs before them. So many signs. And what were these signs? If you remember in the Gospel of John earlier in the series, these signs were signs of renewal. These signs were signs of Jesus healing the sick and giving sight to the blind and raising the paralyzed. And, and God he was bringing new wine to the wedding. And uh, it was a sign of God's kingdom was breaking in and bringing renewal and restoration to creation. And he was doing it through Jesus. Jesus was bringing these signs of the renewal that he had come to bring. And yet, though he had done so many of these signs, John tells us, uh, they still did not believe in him. They did not trust him. They did not seek him. They did not want to follow him. Sometimes, you you know, you say things like, man, if I just saw a sign of the kingdom, then I would believe, right? But the reality as we've seen throughout John is that if your heart is hardened against God's kingdom, then the signs of the kingdom only harden you further. Well, why? Why do they not trust? Why do they not believe? John goes on to say, it's so that Isaiah might be fulfilled. To fulfill what the prophet Isaiah had spoken centuries earlier. You think that your rebellion and resistance is a shock to God? Like he's surprised and going, Oh, I didn't see that coming. What am I going to do now? Like, no, God called it out centuries before. God knows. Our resistance and our rebellion is coming. God names it. God calls it out, and it says here that Isaiah even says that God has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, and that is a tough one. That that can trip us up sometimes because some people are going, well, "Why? Why would God hold us to blame if He's the one who hardened us in the first place?" But if you go back into Isaiah six that John's quoting from here, and you read in context, what we find is a lot more nuance. We see in Isaiah 5 is that the people themselves have hardened themselves against God. And it's describing the ways that they are living uh, with wickedness and deceit and violence and oppression and injustice and sexual immorality and idolatry and all these other things that they want more than God. And so then in Isaiah 6, God says, when I send my messenger to them with my message for them, it's only going to harden them further. And if you harden your heart against God and his kingdom, when his signs of his kingdom break in, it will only harden you further. And yet the picture that we see here is that Jesus brings renewal and some are resistant. Some resist it. And I believe that we are in a season of renewal here at Redemption Tempe. I have been blown away. We have seen over the last few months this summer we have seen uh, so many signs and stories of God bringing all sorts of healing some of it has been physical healing we as pastors and leaders here have been talking about this and praying uh, about this and praying for uh, more of this and seeking this but there is seems to be something new that Jesus is doing in our church body And uh, while this healing and renewal has been coming in all sorts of forms, and we want to celebrate some of these stories over the season ahead, um, I just want to share with you one story. A number of these things have been physical healing, and I just want to share with you one story this morning that I believe is kind of a window or an illustration to this theme or this thread, these signs of renewal that we've been seeing. And so what you're about to see this video here, this is Cameron Innes. He's been uh, part of Redemption for a couple of years now. And uh, this is his story of what God's done in the midst of his battle with Lyme's disease and MS. And so let's watch and listen to the story from
0: uh, Cameron. Hi, Redemption. My name is Cameron Innes, and this is my story of renewal. And it really starts about 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, I get really, really sick. Um, I get a constant headache that won't go away for five years. I lose the ability to, to move my hands and my feet, I lose the ability to read. I go from 175 pounds, 135 pounds, and things are just getting worse. And at this time, I'm living in the Midwest, and I go probably see 50 specialists, you know, everything from the Cleveland Clinic to uh, the University of Michigan. And I got misdiagnosis after misdiagnosis, and probably the scariest misdiagnosis that I had was that of MS. Um, I had a couple brain scans done and a spinal tap done, and they found lesions and demyelination, and it was very clear that my brain was, was under attack. And, you know, during this really dark time, the Lord leads me to this doctor way out in the country. And, you know, I've got uh, a stack of files and tests and blood work that's, you know, as thick as an encyclopedia. And he looks at me and he hears my symptoms and he looks over some blood work and he starts to laugh and I'm furious. And he tells me that, you know, I think I think you have Lyme disease. I see this all the time in the country. And, you know, we're going to run some tests and we do. And sure enough, I have Lyme disease. But, you know, it's progressed so far that, conventional treatments just not going to work. Um, I'm really far gone. And this kind of kicks off this 10 year healing journey, which is really methodical and slow. And, you know, it's half a step forward and half a step back and a step forward. And, but the Lord gets me well, you know, he, he gets rid of the headache and I can, you know, I learn to read again and I get my life going. And, you know, with that in mind, I go to grad school at ASU. And I actually get a full ride because my brain works again and the Lord is putting all of these paths and things together. And it's entering this beautiful season in Arizona. And as that season kind of comes to a close, as I get ready to graduate, I get this new emergence of neurological symptoms, really scary neurological symptoms. And at the same time, there's some some really hard family issues that come out of nowhere. And with that in mind too, I, I get out of a relationship that I've been in for, for years and um, you know I'm moving across the country for a new job and I've got to find a place to live and you know the details of all that are still in flux and I'm losing my community and I'm just looking at the Lord being like are you taking away the gift that you had for me are you Lord where are you everything is crumbling and I remember talking to John Crawford about it a little bit and you know, um, I'm going to the summer series, uh, the first summer series. And I remember I had to go this week by myself. Normally I go to Redemption with friends. But uh, John sees me on the way in. He says, you know, why don't you come up for prayer during the call for prayer? And I say, yeah. Um, I go to the very back in the annex at like the, the last row. And I remember it's the idea that this next season isn't a hill to climb. It's actually a hammock. And I remember being like, no, man, I've got so many hills to climb. Like, there is no way I can rest in the Lord right now. Everything is crumbling. Like, there's no way forward. And I go and talk to a doctor and, you know, with an emergence of neurological symptoms, they kind of say like, look, you don't have Lyme anymore, but this might've kicked off autoimmunity and you might really have MS this time. So when the call for prayer comes, I go and see John and I tell him about the upcoming MRI and he lays hands on me and we pray and I just weep. I just break and I haven't wept in years and I just absolutely break. So pro tip, if you go up for prayer in that prayer hallway and you've got tears running down your face and snot coming out of your nose, there are doors that they have at the back there. So they'll let you out so you can save face. So if you're really going through something, they'll they'll take care of you. They got you. So I would definitely recommend it. And uh, so I go for the MRI, and it's a two-week waiting period to get the results. And then I get a message that says, hey, it's going to take a little bit longer. They want to double-check some stuff. And okay, fine. And I finally get the report, and the report says that there is no evidence of demyelination. There is no evidence of lesions. And I talk to my doctor, and she goes, Cam, this is incredible. Like, we don't know how to heal the brain. We don't know how to remyelinate. We don't know how to get rid of lesions. Like, this is, this is incredible. Like, you don't have MS and you're going to be okay. And sometimes when we think of renewal, we think that like, the Lord's going to take away all of our problems. Like, I still had hard things to go through and still going through some of the difficult things of that season. But It's in the knowledge of his character on a deeper level with joy and peace, knowing that he is a way maker and he still is in the business of miracles and he is Jehovah Jireh and he is Jehovah Rapha. And I just hope that this is encouraging as you enter a new season or you're currently in a difficult one. Thanks.
1: Man, did you hear that? Like he's going, the, the lesions that were on my brain are gone. The scans aren't showing anymore. That the doctors are going, hey, we need uh, more time to look at these scans. We're so trying to make sense of what's going on. That uh, the the demalination has been replaced with remalination. And the symptoms have gone away and you're restored. That's beautiful. And that is just one story out of a number that have popped up this summer. I wish I had more time to tell you about uh, Stephanie and how uh, the tremors, constant tremors that she's experienced the last five years and other symptoms in her body that as Holly and the prayer team, her prayer team were praying for her, they just went away and ceased and stopped. And now six weeks later, haven't come back and she's going to the doctor soon to to scope out and and just, yeah, evaluate everything. Uh, I wish I had time to tell you about Aaron and Claudia, who had been uh, struggling and trying for the longest time to get pregnant and, and couldn't. And uh, their first Sunday here at Redemption, uh, a few months ago, they had, uh, it was a, the, the Sunday where I was praying about like, not praying the if it be your will God prayers, we we're trying to just kind of give God an out, but um, but just boldly coming before our Heavenly Father as his children and just bringing him what we want and trusting Whatever he does with that. And so they came forward for prayer and we prayed and God gave them a word, a sign that they were going to have a child and even the name was going to be and all the different, wild story. And then uh, three weeks later, the pregnancy test came back positive. So it meant that week after we had prayed, they had conceived. Uh, I wish I had time to tell you about Nick earlier this year who's had leukemia and his body had not responded to like a year of treatments. And so he began reading the Bible and taking Jesus seriously after that. And uh, his numbers dramatically began to drop and return back to normal. And he credits Jesus with giving him a new lease on life. Wish I had time to tell you about Dawn, who uh, one of our pastors, Brandon, prayed for, who had skin cancer. And, uh, and after he prayed for her, the next day she went in and they're like, the scans showed that there were no live cancer cells there anymore wish I had the time to tell you about uh, Ben and Sarah who just caught wind of some of the stuff God was doing around. And uh, they called Sarah's best friend back on the East Coast who had lymphoma. And they began praying for her over the phone, just feeling like there's a sense that God's brought some kind of anointing for healing or something. And uh, Sarah went back in and the doctors were like, it's gone. Like there's no live cancer cells. There are no live cells. Cancer cells anymore. those." God is doing something new. I believe that Jesus is bringing something new, signs of renewal in our life as a church body. And it's not only physical healing. There have been stories of emotional healing and spiritual healing in this last season. Uh, there have been more people like new people coming to faith. It feels like every week or two, there's someone new who's coming to faith. People who are addicts or atheists or people who are struggling and they're encountering Jesus for the first time and he's changing them and making them whole from the inside out. And my sense has been, just kind of praying about this, I mean, it feels like the last year and a half have been really hard, right? And it's felt to me like God has been using that season in some ways to refine or prune his church, right? To prune back uh, his church, uh, but nationally and, and, and whatever. Uh, but one of the reasons that God prunes the tree is to make way for new growth and new life. Right? And I believe that God has been pruning and refining the difficulties this last season, but we, a lot of us as leadership here, we have the sense that God, Jesus is wanting to bring new life and renewal in our lives, in our church, and in our city. And the question is, how will we respond? Will we celebrate renewal and contend for more of it? Or will we resist renewal and harden ourselves against it how will you respond like even i want to ask like as you hear cam's story what goes through your mind i just pay attention because you know I, i know for many of us like when you hear Cam's story is the default skepticism or cynicism because I do believe that for for some of you, like there are some hurdles that we might need to overcome. And uh, one hurdle for some, some of you have been burned in the past, right? I just want to name that some of you, maybe you grew up in like a certain, like some Pentecostal environments or certain things where maybe you were in an environment where you felt like some of these types of things were uh, manipulated or misused. And, uh, and now you're at a spot where it's like, dude, I don't want to be gullible. I don't want to be taken in. I'm not even sure what to do with that. And I get that, right? I'm not asking you to check your discernment at the door. But I am asking, will you press in rather than pull back? Like, will you seek and explore, Jesus, what, what are you up to? And if so, man, that we might be a community that's hungry for it and is pursuing Jesus for it. For others of you, the obstacle or hurdle might not be something in your history, uh, but rather it could be a, a materialistic worldview. Right? kind of a materialist worldview. We live at a unique time in the modern Western world where we tend to believe that like, the concrete physical is all that there is. Throughout history, everybody's believed, man, there's a spiritual reality interwoven through the fabric of our earthly physical existence. right? But today, there's very common to just think, man, this, this is all there is. And my challenge to you would be, are you living under the American myth that all that there is is all that you can see? Or... Are you willing to live into the gospel reality that God's kingdom, his heavenly kingdom is threaded through the fabric of our earthly cloth? right? That he is holding and sustaining our very existence together by his very power. And that Jesus has gone down into the grave and been risen and exalted and is seated at the right hand of God over all of heaven and earth. He's been given all authority, all power, and he's been given that in order to reconcile and restore all creation to God. And Jesus has come not only to restore all of creation, he's come to restore you. And so I want to ask, are you living into the American myth or are you living into the gospel reality that Jesus is a Jesus, he is a God of renewal who has come to restore the home of his creation and he's come to restore you. And I want to plant the flag this morning and say that for us as a church community, we want to be a church community that does not resist renewal, but rather seeks it and contends for it and presses into it and celebrates the renewal that Jesus brings. So don't resist renewal. Seek renewal, contend for renewal. John goes on next, and he gives us a little more insight on some of the reasons uh, that, that we might sh- shrink back or fear renewal. He says this in verse 41. Isaiah said these things uh, because he saw Jesus' glory and he spoke of it. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Here we see the cost of renewal. That while renewal is glorious, it does come at a cost. And so part of the cost here is that uh, John's saying there are these authorities, these are actually... Leaders' authorities that it wasn't that they didn't believe in him, they actually did. But they would not seek him or come out and, and follow him because fear of the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees were like the cultural elite of the day, right? These are like the the Twitterati and the influencers and so these authorities are like, man, I believe in Jesus, but if I come out with it, I'm going to get canceled, right? They're going to shut me down. They're going to... And so there's a concern about their reputation and their social standing in the community because of the cultural influencers and the elite of the day. So it goes on, it says, it's not only a fear of the Pharisees, it's also the fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. That they would lose their community. That they would be ostracized or shunned or treated differently and lose out on, they are talking about their family and their friends and everything else, right? And he goes on and says that, uh, for they loved the glory of man rather than the glory that comes from God. And John is saying that beneath the fear of what they would lose is the reality of what they loved. Let me say that again. Deeper and underneath the fear of what they lose was the reality of what they loved. The reality was that they loved the glory that comes from people's praise and affirmation and others' opinions of them more than they cared about God and the glory that comes from him and what he says. Can anybody resonate with these folks here, right? The concern or fear of going, man, of caring more about popular opinion and what people around me would think of me than caring about God and what he thinks of you, God and who he says you are. Having your identity rooted in God, regardless of what others might think. The reality is there is a cost to renewal, and it reminds me of my friend Juan in Vietnam. She is a Vietnamese Christian leader. I think of Juan is like a, a powerhouse renewal, right? Like she is, um, she has launched dozens of ministries that are ministering to women with HIV throughout uh, areas of Vietnam where often uh, many of these women have, have lost family, have lost friends, have lost business, are, are, are it's real struggle to survive. So she's helped and ministered to, in just powerful ways, women with HIV, uh, youth with disabilities, helping to launch um, dozens of businesses like that are employ, employing and run by youth disabilities. And she's been a huge figure in church planning, Movements that are just seeing kingdom renewal breaking in throughout Vietnam. And so Juan, she is like a powerhouse of renewal. Everyone who sees her a powerhouse of renewal, but it didn't start that way. If you backtrack and rewind and go back earlier in her story, that renewal has come at a cost that when Juan began following Jesus and began saying, hey, I, I, she had this encounter with Jesus. She's like, I love him. I'm following him. I give him my all. And her family disowned her, said, okay, well, you have Jesus, and you don't have us anymore. Right? And that broke her heart. Sometimes in America, we're like, you know, all right, well, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do my own thing, and my parents, I, I could be a badge of honor or something, right? Like my, my parents straight away. But there, it's like, dude, your family is your everything. and uh, And the weight was so big of that that she said, I'm actually going to have to back away and step back from this Jesus thing. And so she spent a year um, saying, okay, family, I'm not doing that anymore. And and going like, I'm going to kind of follow Jesus in secret, but I want to honor and respect you as my, my parents, family. And so she did that for about a year. And it was over the course of that year that her her love for Jesus grew, like her, his, his presence in her life just became more and more radical and profound. And it finally got to the point a year later where she's like, I just, I can't hide it anymore. And she came out and said, even though knowing the cost, like I love you mom and dad, but even knowing the cost, like I, I'm with Jesus. And Juan was willing to pay the cost of renewal. Now what's crazy is, now I see because she was willing to pay that cost, the phenomenal renewal that has come through her life and all these ministries to uh, women with HIV and their families, to uh, youth with disabilities, to the, the people who are encountering Jesus afresh in this kingdom movement throughout that region. And even her family eventually came to Jesus. Her family eventually, like years later now, like we've all worshiped together in Vietnam together, you know, and like they eventually saw the beauty and the glory of Jesus and who she was and what she was. done. And she has. So God has brought phenomenal renewal. But on the front end, it came with a cost. She had to look at that and count the cost to be a part of the renewal that Jesus was bringing. And my question for you this morning is, are you willing to count the cost of renewal? Are you willing to count the cost of being associated with Jesus and uh, seeking him first, of caring more about what He thinks of you than what others think of you. You know, the reality is that there are many of us today where uh, you know you and I are. We're we're likely not facing. You're likely not facing being uh, having your family disown you like Juan's was, or uh, being beaten up and thrown in jail like uh, other church leaders and stuff I've met in Vietnam are. Uh, But you and I, like, we will more likely crumble under just kind of the, the eye rolls or the glances. Oh, you're a Christian, huh? And like, oh man, no. You know, like, like we freak out and we, we crumble under the sense that someone will show us a little bit of disdain or if I identify with Jesus, they're gonna think I'm crazy or, or weird. And, and we care, man, it's almost like we would take outright rejection over the subtle kind of just being ignored or dismissed or maybe not looked at the same way. And yet the reality is, The renewal that Jesus brings is worth the cost of identifying with him. The renewal that Jesus brings is worth any cost to be with him, to be identified with him, and to be united with him. And if you don't believe that, if you're struggling to adhere to that, if you're struggling to give it all for that, I would invite you to look at this, that Jesus was willing to pay the cost for your renewal, Right? Jesus was rejected by the elite of his day. Jesus was cast out of the synagogue and he did it because he loved the glory that comes from God more than the glory that comes from popular opinion. And he did it because he was out to renew and renovate and restore you. Jesus was willing to pay the cost for your renewal. And when you see that, it inspires worship. It makes you go, I don't care what the world thinks because I know what Jesus thinks. And Jesus says, you are worth it. And so I'm gonna go, man, I don't care what popular opinion says. I don't care what kind of the cost will be in my social standing. I care what Jesus thinks and who he is. And I'm gonna seek him first because I value the renewal that he's come to bring in my life more than what other people might that God is inviting us to be a community that's willing to pay the cost of renewal. And that becomes way easier when you realize that Jesus is willing to pay the cost for us. Well, Jesus goes on to describe and speak directly to the situation. There are those who are resisting him. Uh, there are those who are afraid of the cost, of what it's gonna entail. And so coming up next here, Jesus speaks to all this, picking up in verse 44. he says, And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me, the Father. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me, the Father. I have come into the world as lights, that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for... Life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Here we see that Jesus is renewal. Jesus is renewal. Renewal is not just something that he does on a spare time or on the side or as a hobby. It's bound up in who he is, his very identity. Jesus is renewal and he has come to renew and restore you love here where he says in verse 47 I did not come to judge the world but to save the world. Jesus is saying I didn't come to condemn the world and tear it down. I came to save the world and build it back up. Jesus is saying I didn't come to beat you up over your past. I came to fight for your future. Jesus is saying, I came to actually renovate and restore. Jesus is going, dude, the reason you love Chip and Joanna Gaines and HGTV and all those different shows, whatever, is because they're a signpost of this bigger reality of the home of the world. I have come to renovate and restore and renew. Now, this is the gospel. Jesus has come to renew and restore and reconcile all things to God, to reconcile creation to God. Uh, and it makes me think of Jim Mullins, uh, Years ago, uh, Jim had had this situation in his house where there was a crack up in the ceiling in the living room, right? And him and Jenny, you know, they, they kind of look at this crack. And they're like, ah, it's, it's probably not a big deal. It's just a little crack. Uh, but after a while, they're like, well, maybe we should get someone to check this out, right? And so they call a contractor. And the contractor comes over and looks at it and inspects it. And he's like, well, you guys are in trouble. He's like, this is actually, it's a load-bearing wall. And reality is, at any time, this whole thing could collapse and come crumbling down upon you. And uh, they obviously were shocked and it, it, it cited fear, too, because they realized, like, this is where our daughter often plays in the living room, on the floor, right underneath where this crack is. And so the contractor could see kind of the fear in their eyes. He could see how alarmed they were and shocked they were. And so the quote he gave them for what it would take to fix it, was astronomically high and, like, 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 inflated, right? Way more than it should have been. And so Jim and Jenny were like, all right, well, uh, we don't want to get taken advantage of, but we also don't want to be in the living room right now. So we're, we're going to go out, and we're going to call some of the contractors and have a couple other folks come and look. And all that came kind of said the same thing, and everyone saw how dangerous the situation was and the predicament they, predicament they were in. So everybody said, man, we're going to give you these really inflated costs. Basically, we're going to exploit and take advantage of the situation you're in and inflate the costs so we can make some bank off it, right? But then they had one contractor come over. They didn't know this at the time, but they later found out he was actually from another redemption congregation. And this contractor inspected it. He's like, yeah, you guys are in trouble, but here's the thing. I care about your well-being. I care about your safety. Uh, I care about your family. And so, even though know, I don't know you. I care about you guys. So uh, I'm going to run to Home Depot. I'm going to run to Lowe's or wherever. I'm going to buy all this stuff on my own dime. And whether you use me or not as your contractor, I'm going to get the materials. And he came over and he built a temporary brace wall suspended so that it won't come immediately in. And he goes, uh, you can decide whether you want to use me or not, but I care about you and your family. And I, I, I'm going to put this in place to help safeguard and protect you guys. And, and then his quote also was not inflated. It was just, you know, what it should have been. And Jim and Jenny were obviously like, we're going with you, <laughs> right? So, so they did end up going with him, right? But I believe that's this picture of the gospel where Jesus is like the great contractor who comes into uh, our, the home of the world and he comes into the home of your life. And as Jesus steps in, there are those areas where you might be seeing like this crack, right? And you might be going, ah, it's probably no big deal. It's probably no big thing, but I would... Suggest that you take seriously and invite the Holy Spirit in to examine what's beneath that crack, what's beneath that temper that just kind of pops out and flares. What's beneath those things that you just turn to when you're hurting to fill the void? What's beneath that? And I believe what you will find is that often there is an extreme danger that you are in, because we need to take seriously, you need to take seriously the gravity of your sin and the reality of that that produces in, in your life that is threatening to erode and tear down your humanity from the inside out. And yet... The beauty of the gospel is that Jesus doesn't exploit you. He doesn't take advantage of you. He doesn't raise the price as high as whatever. Like Jesus comes and he's willing to pay the cost on his own dime to actually get you back to safety, health, and flourishing. And Jesus is going, if you're willing, I will come in and I'll renovate, I'll remodel. And even that, Jesus is going, will be on my own dime. Right? I'm gonna renovate and restore you. I'm gonna bring you renewal. And that's going to be, I'm going to be willing to pay, I'm going to pay the cost for that to happen. Jesus has come to restore creation. And sometimes I think we mis- misunderstand this, right? We, 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 we kind of have this, sometimes this false sense that God's come to like burn down the world and just build a brand new one. And no, there is similar to how there's continuity between the home before it's remodeled. And then it's, it's like, there's the bones and structure are good, right? But then there's the vandalism and the stuff that's been defaced and has fallen apart. And, and the work of a good remodeler is to actually renovate the bones and structure where that still stays. But now it's a main whole. And similarly with creation, God has not come to judge the old one and build a brand new one. He's come to save the old one, to renovate and restore and renew it. God has not come to make all new things God has come to make all things new, right? And what is true of creation in this regard is true of your life. Jesus has not come to tear you down and just start with someone else, right? To trade you or replace you with some other person who's gonna build for you. Jesus has come to renovate and renew and restore you from the inside out. And he's willing to pay the cost himself. I also love here how Uh, Jesus says in this passage, he keeps saying throughout the section, things like uh, whoever believes in me believes in the father. Like if you believe in Jesus, you're believing in the father. You see Jesus. He says, you've seen the father. If you follow Jesus, you're following the father. And the, the picture that we have here is that Jesus is the expression of the father's will. Jesus is the expression of the father's will. I think Some of you might have a skewed understanding of the gospel where you might think Jesus is reluctant to come after you, right? But Jesus is not reluctant to come after you. He came for you. And you might have a skewed gospel that says, well, Jesus, he was reluctant to come after me and the father didn't really want him to. No, like the father has pursued you through the son in the spirit. The triune God is coming after you and is coming after our world to restore and renew and make it whole on his initiative, not ours. And so the beauty of the gospel is that God wants to renew and restore and make us whole. Jesus has given his life for it. The question is not, does God want renewal? The question is, do you? Do you want renewal? Because the church is not on auto-renew, right? Church is not on auto-renew if... You ever done the deal where, you know, you're kind of, you know, online, you get, you get an offer from some company and they're like, Hey, we'll give you a free 30 day trial. And you're like, Oh, that's so kind and generous of them. They just care about me. They want to give me this great gift, you know. And so you sign up for this free 30 day trial and you give them, you know, your email address. You give them your credit card and you're like, oh, I'll just cancel it in a week later. And, but of course you forget and they know that, you know, like, and so a year later, you kind of forgotten about it. And then you're looking over your credit card statements. And you're like, What is this thing that I've been Oh my gosh, dude, I've I've been paying hundreds of dollars I didn't anticipate on something I didn't even want, right? The church is not on auto-renew, right? Like God didn't sucker you in with some free trial size gift thing and now you're just kind of stuck with it unless you take up the initiative to go cancel the plan or whatever. Like, no, the reality is Jesus is going, man, I've come to bring you renewal and the question that we're facing is are we gonna resist that renewal or are we gonna celebrate it? Are you going to seek him for it? Are we going to contend for it? And I, again, I want to plant the flag in the ground today and say, we want to be a church that contends for renewal, that seeks Jesus, that he would renew our lives and our church and our city inside and out. And as a means to that end, kind of one vehicle for that, I want to invite you and call you to, we're going to have a night on Wednesday, August 25th. So coming up August 25th, a Wednesday night uh, from 6.30 to 8 p.m. And uh, the time might be wrong. there. Okay, but it'll be 6.30, not 6. 6.30 to 8 p.m. And this is going to be a night, uh, renewal night. where We want to seek Jesus together as his people for renewal. We want to seek him for renewal in our lives, seek him for renewal in our church here at Redemption. We want to seek him for renewal in the city of Tempe and beyond. What this is going to look like is going to be, uh, we're going to worship together. We want to lift Jesus high and exalt him and put him in the center of our attention, our affection, and our devotion. Uh, This is going to be a way that we want to kind of go into this fall season going, Jesus, you are first. We want you above all other things. And we're not only going to worship, we're also going to pray. Uh, Holly, my wife, she's been assembling prayer teams with our elders and other prayer folks who are going to be here uh, in the sanctuary at different spots. Where I want you to invite you to come forward and bring anything that you want prayer for. That could be—we uh, want to pray for renewal, and that could be emotional renewal, stuff in your life and your story that's really heavy. That could be physical renewal. As we're saying, man, we believe Jesus can heal, and we want to seek Him for that. That will be, uh, man. This will be. Renewal for areas in our hearts and our lives and our stories and our families and our city. We want to seek Jesus for renewal because we believe that renewal is in Christ. And so I want to invite you to come to that night, Wednesday, August 25th. But the beautiful reality is you don't have to wait a few weeks to contend for renewal today. Right? As we come to worship in a moment, uh, there are going to be people at the prayer doors. And I love the way that Cameron said it, man, like um, that, for all those years that I, I'd never come forward. And then he just felt the urging of like, man, I, I, I actually, I'm going to go forward for prayer. I need it. And go, man, if your tears running out of your face, it's not, you can slip out the backside if you want. That's fine. But we want to, you're invited to come forward for prayer today. We would love to pray with you and seek Jesus together for renewal in our lives from the inside out. And not only that, I want to take a moment now and we're going to pray. And I want to invite you to pray, even in this moment, reflect before Jesus for renewal. So would you you join me? And if you would close your eyes, maybe even open your hands, a posture of reception, receiving Christ. And I want you to imagine one room in the home of your life. If you can envision just kind of your 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 body like a home and within your soul, within your life, within your story. Imagine just one room. Let's go back to where we started this thing. One room in the home of your life. Is there one room that you would love to see renovation in today? One room that you would love for Jesus, the great remodeler, to come in and to renew, to restore, to make whole. Jesus, we want your renewal. We need your renewal. We know that it is ultimately coming, a kingdom come, Yeah, that at the resurrection, it's not a question of if you're gonna heal, but when. We know that healing is coming and the resurrection to come. Jesus we want it even now so I'm going to create some space and uh, as you hold in your imagination reflection that area before Christ Holy Spirit Spirit of the living God I invite you to minister to your people to minister renewal to your people we're going to take a moment of silence now to, to listen for, to, yeah to listen to the Spirit of God What's he saying, what's he doing, Jesus? We love your voice, Lord. We love your presence. We love you, Jesus. Well, now, as we, we come to communion, we come to Jesus, who is our renewal. Jesus, whose body was broken and blood was shed to renew and restore and bring new life to us. And uh, we're gonna do communion a little differently this morning than we have in uh, months past. Uh, This morning, we've kind of gone back to our original earlier practice of communion at tables at the front. And just a few logistics there to help kind of remind us how this works, that uh, as we're worshiping at any point, feel free to come. If you're a follower of Jesus, this table is for you and we invite you to come and receive it. the bread and the wine are there a sign of his body and his blood. And as you come forward, uh, if the lines, if, well, first, feel free to come with family or friends. If you've got people that you're here with and you wanna come and take some time, I suggest. You don't need to kind of just grab the stuff and jet. Like, feel free to take some time to reflect before Jesus. Maybe to pray together and, and to stand together before our King our king who's exalted over all of heaven and earth and delights to feed us as his people and give us of his very self and his presence. As you come forward, uh, another logistical reminder, uh, dip, don't sip, right? Like for sanitary reasons, you know, just dip it in and then you know, don't drink the, the cup, whatever. Um, also, if the lines are getting really long, you can wait. We don't need to all come at once. We've got you know, a couple songs of worship that'll be happening so there's time. You can wait until the lines down. And you might be going, well, hey, are we singing? Are we worshiping? Are we receiving? Yeah, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can do both. So uh, we we can worship, and then you can come and take that moment to reflect before Christ, our King. Uh, But big picture, I want to invite you to stand, and we are going to respond to Jesus, who is our renewal in worship. And so, uh, man, Jesus, if you join me in prayer, Jesus, I... We need your renewal, as has been said. God, I pray for a fresh wind of your presence, Lord. Pour out a fresh anointing of your presence. Jesus, I believe that we have seen signs of renewal, a foretaste of what you wanna do in our lives, in our church, in our city. God, I pray, I just feel the phrase right now, is an embassy of the kingdom, God, that we would be an embassy of the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. God, I pray that people throughout Tempe and beyond would know that this is a place where they can come to encounter renewal because this is a place that they can come to encounter you, Jesus. And so Jesus, we don't want to resist your renewal. We want to celebrate and contend for it and seek it. God, soften every hardened heart. And God, we declare that at the center, it's not even just about the, The impact of the things you can do, it's about you, Jesus. Above all, we want you, Lord. You are worth it. Thank you that you were willing to pay the cost for our renewal. we declare now no cost is too great. There's nothing that we wouldn't give. We give all of our lives for you, Jesus. Pour out a fresh... Wind of your spirit, of your presence, we pray, and move in our lives, in our city, in our church for your glory, not for the glory or praise of man, not for the whatever of popular opinion, Jesus, but for your glory, God, your glory through Christ who is reconciling and restoring all things, Jesus. We pray for your renewal, Jesus, your outpouring of your spirit, of your presence, God. It's not about us, Jesus, it is about you. And so we cry out and we ask for your renewal. Renovate us, remodel us, make us your own, Lord, for your glory and your glory alone, Lord. It's in your mighty name, Jesus, the
0: only name in all of heaven and earth that can save that we pray, amen.